can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So, Joanna, did you watch... The Kardashians just came out. I did watch the first episode, yes. I have so many thoughts, but I wanted more info on Pete. Why did they break up, Pete and Kim? Yeah, same, but I have to call out Chloe for talking about melanoma. Mm. Good on her for spreading awareness about that. Really important, especially in the U.S., they don't get nearly as much coverage. Like we obviously in Australia know how high our rate of melanoma is, but I don't feel like it's as focused on Mm. in other countries. So I think it's really good that she's like speaking out that she is actually very predisposed to melanoma, a really strong message to go and get your skin checked. Um, So I really loved that part of the episode. Especially because she thought it was a pimple. Yes. And then she got it checked. Exactly. So really important and Chloe's my favourite, I have to say. As much as I haven't agreed with some of her decisions related to Tristan, I do really love her. Courtney, on the other hand, what was with the (sighs) 15-minute session literally in the middle of filming? Like, come on. (laughs) There's a time and a place. I was so shocked by, like, how long they have sex for. She's like, they had sex an hour and a half in the morning, they had sex the night before, then they had sex again. Uh, Like, are they still in the honeymoon? They've been together for years now. Like, it's a lot. I really feel for his adult kids. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) That'd be hard. I did start watching, which I didn't get through. The I didn't know that they had the Courtney and Travis till death to us part. I didn't even get through the, is that their wedding episode? At the end of last season, she was biting his lip and I thought, I can't do this right now. It's just before bed. I turned it off. I've never skipped a Kardashians episode in my life. Yeah, I skipped a two. Until that episode. I just had zero interest in that wedding, which is yeah. so unlike me yeah. because I normally am just like, I want to see every episode. I want to see what they're doing, but I just couldn't watch it. I had to go back to the regular episodes. The only other thing that really caught my interest, obviously I've had my eggs frozen. And I've seen some articles around saying, you know, Courtney says that egg freezing isn't like the security that you think it is. And like there's been some articles about that. But a couple of things from my experience with speaking to my doctor at the time and getting lots of information on it. So a couple of things with her, she was 38, 39 when she froze her eggs. So as you sort of after 35, they say mm. like that is the time to do it is before 35 because as you sort of get to 40, unfortunately, that's just how our bodies work. But the egg mm-hmm. quality does deteriorate as you get older. Yeah. So if you're going to do egg freezing, they do recommend it the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. But the other thing was that she froze seven and I was told that you really – need probably more than seven, which is why you would do more than one. If you got seven eggs, you would Mm. probably do more than one cycle to get the 20. Like I was around 
20 that would be sort of the ideal number of eggs. And I've had other friends that have had their egg freezing and their doctors have said the same, you know, we're looking to get around 20. So I did feel a bit like that wasn't explored enough. Might have been a little bit triggering for some people that have had egg freezing and now thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get, yeah. Yeah. Because that's not with my egg freezing at 32 and I got more than 20 eggs, you know, the doctor said I have like that's a yes, it is not a hundred percent. Yeah. Like it will never be a hundred percent. But because I got it done at that age and I also got a you know quite a few eggs yeah. that she had my doctor had said that's you know, you're in a really good position. You've got the best chance that you can have, yeah. And I believe she said it was like high ninety percent. Okay. Wow. So like when you go there, they're gonna tell you, okay, this is sort of there's like a graph that shows you the percentages of a live birth. Yeah. So I just felt that didn't really explain the fact that it was seven eggs and it was done. Yeah you know, close to 40, I felt like that was not the best message because it's yes. not, because you might freak out and go, oh, like I'm not going to. I'm not going to be able to have a baby at any point. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised they want to go through, like I've seen my sister with her one baby. Like I'm surprised that they want to go, like they've got kids. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Like Hannah's ready to sell her eggs, everyone. <laughs> I'm like, they want to have another, they want, they've already gone through their kids growing up and now they're like, oh, mm. yeah, let's do it again. I think it's more having that connection together. Yeah, I get that. But, <laughs> do I? Do yeah, I get that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. What's on today's episode, Joe? So today we're talking about Hannah losing her glasses. Mm-hmm. And, and contact lenses. And contact lenses, et cetera, et cetera. And also broken capillaries with Dr. Ryan and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So this cringy is for fellow contact lens wearers. I, in preparation for this segment, I did some research where I was Googling contact lens horror stories. Yeah. I've realized that I need to do better, like people getting infected. We've just spoken to an eye surgeon. Yeah. And I always forget, like you've got stuff on your hands. You have to be really careful Mm. with how you put your contacts in, how you take them out, how you wash them. And I probably, one of the things that I always do by mistake, not always, but occasionally, I'll fall asleep and then I'll wake up at like 7am and I'm like, I can see and I'm like, oh, and I've left my contact lenses all night. That's a big no-no, isn't it? Big no-no and I've slept in them and then I wake up the next day and it's like they are so dry. It's like the driest feeling that your eye, it's not good. Can't someone come up with like a self-lubricating eye contact? Surely. It's 2023. How have we not solved this problem yet? You can get contact lenses that you sleep in and I've used those before. Yeah, I remember when you went on your big long camp and your mum had to put them in for you. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for those that don't know, when I was 15, I went away, for, got sent away for a year, a school camp for a year, and my mum had to put my contact lenses in once every month <laughs> when I came home, and then I'd leave them in for the whole month. They were sleeping contact lenses. Yeah. But what if something happened? Like, what if they fell out? Like, I couldn't get them back in. I guess you'd have to wear your glasses. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's what this this little story is about. But I did want to say I found this. I don't know if you've seen this article. It was doing the rounds at one point when I was looking at the horror stories. So, doctor finds 27 contact lenses in woman's eye. Oh, I knew it was going to be this. (sighs) 
I knew it was going to be this. I've seen this and it is foul. Like it really, they just keep coming. So I have had, now this does happen. You rub your eye or something happens and you think the contact has fallen out or it's come out, but it's actually flipped uh, underneath the eyelid. Oh. So that does happen where you, you, you're like, oh, it feels like there's something in my eye and kind of pull the eye and you can see you pull it up and you try to have a look in and there's like oh. a rolled up contact oh. lens underneath. I've never used contact, so this is brand new information to me. So, so I can understand maybe finding one yeah. contact, but I don't know how you'd end up with a – do you know how much you could feel that? That would be so irritating. Well, I wonder if she has quite a unique eye anatomy or something, this woman, and they just were slipping behind her eye and she can't even feel them because surely 27 contact lenses, you would yeah. be able to feel them unless something was different about your eye, like you had a lot of room yeah. back there or something. Yeah. If contact wearers know that they didn't take their lenses out and they're feeling a funny sensation, they need to get it checked. Yeah, because you definitely can get it trapped by mistake, but you would know. I'm really surprised. Also, I feel like I just came up with an invention, dissolvable contacts. Do they exist? I don't think so. They should just dissolve after 12 hours. I reckon I've just fully invented something. Nobody (laughs) take that idea. I'm going to go and get it patented. So I have been thinking how much I want to get corrective eye surgery because aside from the thick, you know, accidentally sleeping in them, getting them like flipped under, the worst thing for me with contact lenses is the travel situation. And I've had, I wanted to tell you and for anyone listening that's had this happen to them. So do you know how bad my eyesight is? Yes, I do know. You can't see anything. Her glasses, like they're magnifying. So her little eyes look <laughs> tiny when she wears her glasses. It's and so I can't get cool glasses. So my eyes are negative six, which in eye terms is quite bad. So you might hear people of they've got like a negative two or a negative 1.75 and they can kind of see it's a little bit blurry. Is this like 2020 vision? Your 2020 is like perfect vision. Yeah. So basically as you go negative, the thing that I never understand with eyesight is what's the difference what's it called short-sighted long far-sighted or long-sighted and short-sighted but it's the opposite that's what I don't understand yeah all right no far-sightedness makes nearby objects look blurry all right anyway I've got the one where I can't see anything even my driver's license I think has a thing that says contact lenses there's no way I I couldn't drive I can't walk down the street without contacts, let alone drive. Does anyone else in your family have eyesight that that's So my mum's negative six as well. Exactly the same. Of course she is. (laughs) Linda. So my mum and I are way too scared though to get the, we don't want to get our eyes flipped however they do it in that surgery. Like I just, I can't wrap my head around it, but it's getting to a point where I think I would like to do it. Did you watch that episode of the Kardashians where I think Kim or Kylie had it done and they went yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Might have been Kylie. Might have been Kylie. Kylie definitely had it done, but Kim might have had it done too and they went into the surgery and were freaking out. I think Courtney and Chloe were with her and were freaking out watching it. Because my thing is don't they like open it and keep it open? Yes. Like, uh, yeah. And then you're awake? I think you'd really have to be like sedated. <laughs> You especially. (laughs) I don't think I could deal with that. You'd have to be on some Valium for sure. I do think it is time to get it done because anyway, I remember probably 
the worst thing that happened to me with my contacts slash glasses was I went on a two-month trip to South America when I was younger. We were at the airport and or we'd been on the sorry, we'd been on the plane and I like I think we'd been, you know, partying the night before or whatever and we we didn't really sleep that much. So we got on the plane and I took my contact lenses out in the plane and was like, I'm gonna have a sleep, had a sleep. And then I start like sort of at the end of the flight rummaging through my bag and there's no glasses. Oh no. So and I've got no contacts. So no contacts, no glasses, because I've thrown them out. Anyway, I ended up having to like I couldn't get myself around the airport like I'm in a foreign country I can't get round I couldn't I wouldn't have even been able to see my like luggage that's so scary I can't see like you know in the airport you might have like taxi or you have like um, all the signage couldn't see anything but I had actually completely lost my glasses for that whole trip where'd you leave them I don't know I lost them for the rest of the trip which is a really anxious feeling when you're away because you then have to wear contact lenses every day. So you were able to get contacts on the other side somehow? I had contacts in my luggage. Okay. I was able to get the contacts from my luggage after trying to find my way around the airport, but I didn't have glasses for the rest of the trip. So I don't know whether next time I need to bring spare glasses. Maybe you do. Keep the spare in your checked luggage. Have one in the check. For regular use. Because if you lose them, then you're really stuck with contacts. And your eyes, like I try to give my eyes a break every now and then because I wear contacts every single day. Most people don't know I wear glasses. Oh, really? Yeah. The other thing that's also happened to me when traveling is running out of contact lenses, like all together. Yeah, okay. And it happens to me in Melbourne too, where you like run out of contacts and then you're stuck. In Thailand, I ran out of contacts and I had to, I think I went to three malls trying to find my contact lenses. With contacts, do you have to tell them, oh, I'm negative six. I need you to give me a packet of negative six and I just have them there. So my glasses are negative six. My contacts are negative 5.75. There's like always a little difference between glasses and contacts. So I called around, like I was trying to find them in Bangkok and I went to a couple of places. They didn't have the ones that I wear. They were so expensive as well, like crazy expensive. Yeah, really expensive. But then I did find a place that had them. So I just bought one little box to get Mm. me through the rest of the trip. But it can be quite stressful being away and either forgetting contact lenses or forgetting glasses. Yeah. If you can't see anything, like I really can't see anything. I think this story just really like drives home how difficult it is for like disabled, vision impaired, hearing impaired people Mm. to travel solo. Mm. Imagine how hard that would be. Really, yeah. Like this is probably a really good reminder of like how lucky we are to be able-bodied and to just travel freely And the only thing we've got to worry about is just getting to the plane on time. We don't have to think about all these other things. Like that probably, that experience probably taught you a lot. I think not being able to see in a public place, which has happened to me a few times, is really scary. Yeah. Anxiety inducing. Yeah. Like I think I have been stuck before at work where my contacts might have fallen out or one's fallen out and I've had to get someone to pick me up Mm. because I can't drive my car home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I actually would really like to hear from people that have had their eye surgery. Yes. Tell me, what does it feel like? Can you feel your eye flipping? Can you, like, I really want to know how bad it is. All right, I'm going to post it in the Facebook group. 
think you need to ask the audience, get their input and it's see. time. Hey, maybe we should live record it, me getting it done. Like you we definitely did the tattoo should. Removal. Can I come? That would be my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I would live for that. Let's do that when I'm back. <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, nah, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, get it for free. <laughs> free eye surgery. It's like 10 grand. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Any eye surgeons that want to sponsor us, let us know. (laughs) Hey, I'll do some reels for you as well. We can show the eye flipping on the reel. Just have to do a content warning. Yeah. Like content warning, eye flipping. Yeah. I don't know if Instagram will allow it, but we'll see. I was actually at James Vivian the other day and I was having a treatment done by Matt and he said to me, how's Dr. Ryan? And I said, I know, isn't he great? And he was just gushing about how excellent you are. And we're talking about rosacea and he learned all these things from you. So today we are actually talking about broken capillaries with you, Dr. Ryan. Can we start with what are they and how do we actually get them? Because I think I have a few on my face. So do I. Very good question and very common presentation. In fact, I think referring to them as broken capillaries is a little misleading. I think what most people are describing or referring to are actually enlarged capillaries on the face. Mm -hmm. So capillaries are normal, tiny little blood vessels. They're found all over the body and they are the most small blood vessels that you get in the body, right? So they're the very, very final ones that the blood flows through. And normally you wouldn't see them. They're normally completely under the skin or hidden within the skin and they are small. But what we find is that as we get older and with certain skin conditions, they can in fact enlarge and they become fixed and dilated, which means fixed and open rather than small and rather invisible. There are a few different reasons as to why we might actually develop these enlarged capillaries. And I think one of the most common ones, particularly living in Australia, is sun damage and UV radiation. Mm -hmm. What happens is that the skin actually thins down and the blood vessels are so used to filling with blood because of heat and and UV radiation that they eventually just stay open and they become very obvious and visible. Mm -hmm. Are there any parts of your face that you would be more likely to get them? Like I get them, I think, a little around the nose area. The nose is very common and they're slightly higher pressure vessels. So there's a little bit more oomph behind them and and they tend to really get a bit enlarged and it can be a bit more tricky to treat. But certainly the nose and the cheeks are the most common sites that we see these enlarged capillaries. Mm -hmm. If they're not broken, why do they call them broken, not enlarged? Because I think that's just a common term. (laughs) It is. It certainly is a common term. And I think it's because they might look like they're sort of broken and fixed open. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, they're just always there and they never go away and that can be really frustrating. And so I think people just automatically assume that they're broken, but then they're not quite. Because they have that appearance Mm. of being burst. I feel like some people say burst capillaries as well. Yes. Like it looks that way. So I can kind of understand how that misconception came about. Definitely. Mm. What's the best way to determine if you've got broken capillaries, well, enlarged capillaries or another redness-related concern like rosacea? So with most of the redness-related skin conditions and fixed capillaries, it can be quite obvious when you look at yourself in the mirror because you will see these fine little red lines across the skin. Sometimes they can be slightly purple if they're more venous or containing deoxygenated blood. And I guess when you see these vessels and they're combined with symptoms like 
flushing and blushing, heat intolerance, little bumps, what we call papules or little pimple-like lesions, you start to wonder whether you have a condition like rosacea. Mm -hmm. And rosacea is probably one of the most common conditions that I see as a dermatologist that sort of walks through my door multiple times a day. The redness itself can be what we call fixed. It's just always there. And we sort of all know those people, those friends of ours who kind of always look a little bit flushed Mm -hmm. and a little bit ruddy in the face. But certainly there are those individuals who may not always look red but flush up particularly with certain triggers such as alcohol, heat, stress, emotion, and it can be really quite disconcerting and quite uncomfortable for these patients. They refer to themselves as being really hot mm. and uncomfortable. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> this sort of flushing is a real telltale sign of rosacea. And it can also be combined with sort of sensitive skin and intolerance to a lot of different skincare products. Sounds very familiar. <laughs> So what are some of the common causes of broken capillaries aside from that UV piece? Because this is quite common, I think, in fairer skin tones. So what are some of the other factors that might contribute? It's a good question. Look, I think even in these fairer skin tones, it it often is due to just sun exposure over the course of life. But ultimately, genetics plays a huge role in this. So a lot of patients, even if they're really good with their sun protection and their SPF and hats and whatnot, their family members will be very similar to them. They'll say, oh, mum is exactly the same or dad had red cheeks just like me. It's a real uh, familial Mm -hmm. trait. There are certain other medical conditions that you need to always think about, but generally patients will know they'll have other reasons why they're constantly flushed. They may have been started on certain medications that increase blood flow to the face or to the peripheries, but by and large, rosacea is probably the number one, two, and three most common cause. Does alcohol play a part? Definitely. So alcohol is a vasodilator, so it increases blood flow. And that's why we get that sort of warm feeling, warm and tingly feeling when we've had a little bit to drink. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common trigger of blood vessels. Certainly when we see them around the nose, I mean, this is effectively a form of rosacea. And you certainly don't need yeah. to be a heavy drinker to develop that sort of nose change or those capillaries, but alcohol can often trigger it. Very interesting. Mm. Is there any way to prevent these capillaries from popping up? Certainly the general skincare measures, such as the use of broad spectrum SPF 50 plus sunscreen has to be the number one thing we can do to prevent mm. it. And then... Really, it's about early intervention. If you are seeing that you're getting a red face, if you're getting those enlarged capillaries or the little bumps of rosacea, getting medical attention, getting onto treatment early can prevent this chronic cycle of influx of blood and the flushing and the blushing. So tackling it early will then prevent the blood vessels becoming fixed and open, right? So Mm -hmm. I always say to patients, it's much easier to treat rosacea when you're in the early stages, but if it is more advanced and you're getting those fixed and dilated capillaries, getting a dermatologist's opinion can be very helpful. Are there any topical treatments that can help reduce the appearance of broken capillaries or are laser and light-based therapies the only way to go? It's a very good question. I believe that all the skincare available that helps reduce redness is very temporary. So there are certain extracts that we recommend, such as Floritin, which is a sea cucumber extract. And and we all know that those kind of old traditions of using cucumber or cooling agents on our skin to help induce vasoconstrictions. We've heard of the ice facials and, you know, even jade rollers. All of those are really aimed at just cooling the skin because logic would say if you cool the skin, you then reduce the blood flow to the skin and help remove redness and reduce capillaries. 
And whilst that's true to an extent, it's all very temporary. In my experience, energy-based devices such as lasers are 100% the most effective treatment for enlarged capillaries in rosacea, and they can work incredibly well. Yeah. In my experience with redness, laser genesis was really what took my like home care to the next level. As soon as I started that, I was like, oh, wow, I haven't actually had a flare up of like angry redness in a long time. That's right. So laser genesis is a technique using very low energy laser energy to help shrink the blood vessels on the face. And that's fantastic for flushing and blushing. And as you said, can complement at home skincare. When someone presents with very enlarged fixed capillaries using the same laser device, which is what we call a vascular laser, or in some cases use of IPL can really help knock out those blood vessels as well. Because I've seen those videos where, does that actually work? Where they put the little laser on and goes bang and then the capillary is gone. Does that actually work? Absolutely. At my practice, we have a laser called the XLV+, Plus, which is a medical grade vascular laser. And it's true. The blood vessels literally disappear in front of your eyes. Mm. It's really quite remarkable. Sometimes you're left with a little bruise sometimes some swelling, and that always resolves within a period of, say, five to seven days. We then say, look, wait a full six to eight weeks before you then come back for another session because it does take a while for your own immune system to just eat up the sort of the residue or the debris from the blood vessels that are, have now collapsed. And the results can take a, a few weeks to really become very, very obvious. Often patients should only require one to two treatments and they are really pleased. Wow. Technology is just great these days. So good seeing all this stuff come out. I do want to try that at some point. The team at JEV have just been like, oh, you might get some swelling. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) That's right. You do. You certainly need to be prepared for some downtime. Mm -hmm. As I said, I I always quote up to a week. It's swelling. That's the most common kind of, I don't call it a complication. I I call it an expected side effect of laser. So you do want to tuck yourself away for a few days if you have those enlarged capillaries, but I definitely think it's worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I've been used to having laser genesis which is like a just a warm hug Mm. (laughs) i don't want anything too painful (laughs) no laser genesis is a perfect treatment for patients just have that sort of background redness flushing and blushing but they can't afford the downtime and the beauty is that it treats the redness but it's also stimulates your own natural collagen and elastin Mm -hmm. production so you actually see improvement in tone and texture as this beautiful byproduct yep It is a great treatment. Thank you for joining us once again, Dr. Ryan. No problems. Thanks so much for having me. Hannah, I saw your note in here and I literally wrote above it, oh, my God, same, lol. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I was like, oh, do we need? Yeah, I've just been using it. This was going to be mine. Yes. So we both got the Olaplex N4D Clean Volume Detox dry shampoo. Very long name. Very long name. It's a dry shampoo. Yep. Tell me your thoughts. So I'm so fussy with dry shampoo because mm. I just get irritated. Like my scalp gets irritated. Like I literally, the, mm. it defeats the purpose of using a dry shampoo because I use a dry shampoo. Then my scalp gets really irritated and then I have to wash it anyway. That's been my experience. Mm. So what I noticed with this one was that I didn't get that same irritation on my scalp. Like it was okay. felt like a, well, it is called clean volume, but it did feel like cleaner on the scalp or something. Mm. That was just my initial thoughts. And then the other thing was that it, there's no like white powdery. Sometimes you can get that like white powdery look yeah. with the dry shampoo. It can be hit or miss. It really did feel like, it was cleaning it without mm-hmm. 
adding sort of white residue to the scalp or to the hair. What did you think? I would agree with all of that. I also really liked the smell of it. I usually mm-hmm. use the Kerastase Fresh Affair dry shampoo, but I like to, I actually finished the can of that. So then I opened this one and mm-hmm. I really like the way it disperses through your hair. Like it's got quite a powerful nozzle on it. So I feel like yeah. it really kind of gets in there. And I also felt like I didn't need to apply heaps to get a good result. And mm. my hack is always to apply it the night before. If you think you're going to wake up with oilier hair the next day, spray it in the night before and you'll wake up with that volume. Because I just find that you don't get that same volume if you're applying it and expecting it to just kind of puff up after using it. Yeah, I think you need to sleep in it, roll around in it, and then you'll get that volume in the morning. So I'm just having a look at the, okay, so it does say here it's got a detoxifying effect as it cleanses without Mm. clogging the pores or leaving a white and powdery residue. Do you think that's why some dry shampoos, maybe they're so like thick and they've got that white residue that you get it on the scalp? Because that's my biggest problem is that the scalp Mm. then feels itchy, which sort of sometimes defeats the purpose of a dry shampoo. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't cleanse out dry shampoos well enough. Mm. You really need to, if you're using a dry shampoo regularly, you really need to be shampooing twice mm-hmm. or having some kind of clarifying shampoo in your routine that can remove that product buildup because it really does hang around. So mm. you need to be properly shampooing and detoxing the scalp as well because it builds up and it mm. does cause irritation and flakiness. So it's got here, I think the kind of key ingredient, would you call it an ingredient? Ultra fine micro starch. Okay. So it says that that has excellent oil absorption, creates airy lift and soft mm-hmm. hair, leaves no trace of white residue or pore clogging buildup. I did find that it didn't kind of sometimes with dry shampoos, you get that residuey feel to the hair. This doesn't, it does have that airy feel. I would agree with that. Agree. Yeah, it's a really good one. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Does it have Olaplex in it? Like what's the – I don't know, actually. The other one, it's got Rambutan seed extract. Okay. Which is a sustainable source of detoxifying antioxidant, neutralizes odor-causing pollutants and impurities, and soothes the scalp. That's probably why it's good for the scalp. Mm. They're the two key ingredients. Yeah, great product from Olaplex. Yeah, do approve. It's got the approval from both of us, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) I wanted to ask you a TV question. Yeah. I don't know if we've spoken about this before, Mm. but I did speak about it with a guest. We were talking about sleeping. But Succession, have you been watching Succession? No. I was talking about this the other day with my brother. He was like, are you watching Succession? I was like, no. I watched the first three episodes, I think. There was something about it. I think it's the lighting. It gives me a weird feeling. Yes. It's like the world's ending, you know, that real dark, cloudy, moody kind of lighting in shows. I just don't like it. That's, I think, on purpose. Yeah, it brings me down. Mm. So I just wasn't, I couldn't get into it. I struggled with it. So the writing is so funny. Like I watched a YouTube about it that the lighting and the scenery and the clothes, it's all like part of the show like it's meant to be like that yeah but the writing oh my god it's so funny I've heard there's like a the greatest episode ever has just come out oh I haven't watched yesterday's episode don't tell me it's just come out yesterday oh, okay. on binge okay 
I think you've got to – I didn't like the first episode and I I gave up and then everyone was talking about it on Instagram and so I was like, you know what, I've really got to give this another go. And I binge-watched almost four seasons in like a couple of weeks. Well, I'm going to have a fair bit of time on my hands coming up, so I might have to give it another crack. I will have to watch those episodes again because you know me, I can't remember anything. (laughs) There was something that came up. There was recently an episode where the girl had, have you seen this? The girl, Greg's girlfriend, you might've seen it on social media, has a Burberry bag. No, I haven't seen this. The capacious bag. Oh my God. It's so funny. People that have seen it will, will know the scene that I'm talking about. It was all over social media. This like Burberry bag. I think there was like articles saying like, if you have this Burberry bag, like they were being really mean about it. Yeah, how the Burberry bag became the star of succession. (laughs) Tom calls it ludicrously capacious. What does that mean? Because it was so big. Because they're so rich. Tom's teasing Greg that she has her shoes for the subway in her bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really funny. Anyway, you'll have to watch it. Yeah, I think I will. It's more of an investment than air. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Four seasons right. to catch up with. Each episode's 50 minutes. Oh, I feel like I have to watch Vanderpump Rules because that's all that's happening in my group chat and I've been ostracized from it, it because I <laughs> can't contribute. <laughs> so I feel like I need to catch up on that, which is 10 seasons. So I'm um, bit of time. Luckily, I've got a bit of time coming up, so I'm, I might just have to watch a lot of TV, I think. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.